You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. I'm calling today's word faith workout. Because we are people of faith, we believe in God. But how does that work out in our lives? So just like a guy or a girl will go to the gym and work out to build up a bit of muscle, so spiritually, you and I have to work out spiritually to build up spiritual muscle. Amen? That makes sense. You know, uh, I was sharing at our prayer meeting earlier on this morning with the guys that um, this is a weird month. Jesus rose from the dead. Let's call it Easter Sunday. And for the next month or so, uh, before he ascended into heaven, weird things happened on earth. Jesus began to interrupt and just appear in strange places. He appeared with people just walking down the road. He appeared on the beach. He suddenly appeared in people's homes. He interrupted in a wonderful way. And keeping that in mind, I want to look at that today because we're going to look at Mark 6 uh, and I'm going to read 30 to 44, highlighted verses of that. And this is about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I want you to keep in your head and in your heart about how God can interrupt you. And are you open over the next month for strange things to happen? Or even not strange things, just interruptions that will bring you life and that will bless you. Hallelujah. So as we look at God's word, and before I call up the guys to interview them, I'm going to pray that the word of God, which is the Bible, would speak to your heart and to mine today. So Jesus, speak to us. This isn't just a novel or any old book. This is the word of God, and may it bring life to our souls. Amen. So here is Jesus and his disciples. It was so busy that the disciples didn't even have time to eat. So Jesus said to them, come with me to a quiet place and rest. When they went there, many people followed them. And when Jesus saw this crowd, he had compassion for them. And so he began to teach them. Then after a time, the disciples said to Jesus, send these people away to find food because it's getting late and this is a remote place. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Go and find how much food you have. They found just five loaves and two fish. So Jesus had the people sit down in groups of 150 and groups of 50. And taking the loaves, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it out to the disciples to distribute. Over 5,000 all ate and were satisfied. And afterwards, they picked up 12 baskets of broken bread pieces afterwards. Hallelujah. What a miracle. Praise God. Let me just share one or two thoughts briefly. 
We're told that the disciples were so busy that Jesus had to say to them, come with me to a quiet place and rest. A lot of people here are very busy. I think these words are prophetic and speak to us today. Because the word come in Greek, duerte, means follow me. And the word rest means pause, be refreshed, rest for your own good. Now last Sunday as we celebrated with all the people, all the adults getting baptized by immersion here in the courtyard, we sang, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now the old King James version of the Bible, Jesus says, come thither. In other words, come with me. And that means follow me. So when you and I sing, I have decided to follow Jesus, sometimes follow means follow him to rest. We kind of think it's follow him to activity, but sometimes it means follow him to be still. And rest, pause, refreshed for your own good, for my own good. So this is a principle that Jesus uh, brings into his disciples in the midst of a busy life. Let me point out one other before I call up our first interviewee. Um, we're told a very small detail that Jesus sat everybody down in groups of 100 and groups of 50. Now, we tend to just skip over these kind of verses, but it's very important to know that every word in the Bible is God-breathed. Who'll say amen? It's all for our encouragement and our edification. The number 100 means completeness. In other words, if you ask me or I ask you, how are you feeling? And you say, I'm 100%. It's complete. It doesn't get any more. So 100 is completeness. And 50, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on the early Christians and they all began to speak in other tongues. Um, that was the 50th day of the Jewish year. So 50 speaks of Holy Spirit power. So even in this nothing verse of groups of people sitting in hundreds and fifties directed by Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit giving you and me a subliminal message if we have ears to hear that when Jesus is moving and calls us away and does something in our lives, he will do it completely. Who will say amen? And he will do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So this is the detail that we see. So, this is me talking. What does this look like in the life of ordinary people in the church? I'm going to call up our first interviewee. And that is Caitlin. Up you come, Caitlin. Give Caitlin a round of applause. Caitlin, local girl, uh, grew up, I think, in both Clonakilty and near Ballincollig, and now living in Bandon. Isn't that right, Caitlin? Caitlin is married to Rawl and has a little boy called Fionn, who is three. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Come on, let's, let, we don't have to social distance. Let's, uh, let's come out. So, Caitlin, the scripture I just read is uh, something that was on Caitlin's heart and it really spoke to my heart as well when Caitlin was sharing it with me. So Caitlin, first question, you went on holidays to Denmark and when we go on holidays, I don't know about me, I kind of go, I'm going to switch off, but actually God often speaks to us on holidays and you came across 
a very interesting word in Denmark. Not a place a lot of people go on holidays. I know we went there years ago, and we went to see a statue called the Little Mermaid, and I thought it was the most underwhelming thing I ever saw. It was about that size. You get bigger down at the end of McCurtain Street. And I said, we came all the ways to Copenhagen to see this. But you came across an interesting Danish word. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. How do you pronounce it? I was actually looking it up. So I think it's Heige. Can anybody here can, can change that? I Feel free to correct me. But I think that's how you spell it. I think it's Heige or Hige, I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, like, so I was in Copenhagen and also saw the little mermaid axe statue. And also my friend who is obsessed with Disney loved it. I personally was like, it's okay. But, um, but yeah, so this word was like, it was everywhere. Like it's on t-shirts, it's on windows, this was everywhere. And so we kind of were like, what does this word mean? And we looked it up and we realized that it means this kind of comfort, this contentment. It's a way of life and it's described as a Danish way of life. It's very like, um, it's kind of characteristic of the Danish culture. And as I was reading this, I was really just struck me that this is actually how the Christian way of life should be. It's a life of contentment in Christ. And I just thought like, wow, that word is just amazing because that's actually what we're called to in Christ. And yeah, so I just thought it was really cool. And I know, um, so Caitlin serves in kids' church here in worship, so does her husband, Roll, and they're very busy. But I know that um, you guys are renting a house in Bandon. Um, but tell me about the whole concept, because I think Heige, a lot of the time in Denmark, that's about your home and being comfortable at home. And you were sharing with me about the your desire to buy a house, but the difficulty, guess what, in the Irish housing market. Tell us about how that worked out for you as a Christian looking to buy a home. Yeah, so like God was really speaking to me a lot about this whole contentment thing and just finding peace in him. And a lot of that comes from, like, we have all these desires in our hearts and desires in our hearts are not bad, but they can consume our minds. And I think sometimes when something consumes our minds, it means we're not actually like giving it to God. And so I was like, I love looking at houses online. Like, I just love it. Um, I think I kind of take off my mom in that sense. So it's a family treat. But um, yeah, so I would look at houses and every time I get a notification, I'd be like, oh, look, a new house up for sale. Let's have a look what it looks like and all this type of thing. Um, one day I got this notification and I just felt on my heart to say, Lord, I submit this desire to you. This desire, I just submit it to you. And it really was just like a release because I was no longer like obsessive about trying to like look for houses or just trying to do things maybe in my own ability as well. And, and in the natural, it looks like we have no way of kind of making this happen. But I know that ever since I've left that at God's feet, left that desire at God's feet, ever since then, uh, things have started moving forward for us and things have started to kind of open up a bit for us. And it's been really amazing to see how the more we give over to God, the more we actually do see, you know, our lives change, really. Yeah. Whoa. And, you know, we, we read Mark 6 and... Uh, you were sharing, Caitlin, how God kind of spoke to you that you were trying to get time to read your Bible, trying to get time to pray. Now, if you don't know Caitlin, Caitlin works as a nurse. She's a mother of a toddler. If anyone knows what toddlers are like, it's not exactly just laid back central. Uh, your husband is a doctor with his own doctor's practice. You're very busy here in church. You probably are time poor. Is that fair? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think most people are these days. Um, I think um, in this in this kind of day and age, everything's so fast. That I think we are time poor a lot. But um, yeah. So this kind of idea of trying is like you know we can actually say I'm going to try to put time aside for Jesus. I'm going to try to read. I'm going to try to pray. But that word is kind of where we're actually getting ourselves let down because sometimes the more we try, the less successful we actually are. And I think what I've learned is, like, instead of trying, we just need to allow. And so, like, at the beginning of Mark 6, there's this invitation that, first of all, like, that Jesus recognizes that the disciples, like, need this rest. And he recognizes that we need rest. He actually has the invitation for us just to come to him and have that rest. And I think instead of just trying, we should just hear that invitation every day just hear the invitation of Jesus saying come to me come and have that rest in me and so yeah this um, passage because so often we hear this passage and we hear it from the point of view from the miracle where Jesus fed all these people and that's just like amazing what he did but then I see this other side of it this very human side of it where the disciples saw the crowd coming and they were like no no let's just you know send them away we don't want them and I don't know if anybody else here is like me but I don't like to be interrupted so I think nobody really likes to be interrupted and um, so I think it's just that sense of like you know we have to allow God to do things in our lives and that's sometimes we have to allow ourselves to come to him but sometimes you also have to allow him to have that interruption as well so it's kind of the balance of the two I guess. And so, um, finally, Caitlin, uh, obviously with a toddler, you know what interruptions are like. So does most parents and sometimes grandparents. So how do you now view interruptions in your personal life? Because I know for me, my initial thing is, ah! But you're actually learning. You're ahead of me, I think. You're learning to appreciate the interruptions. Am I, am I, is that fair? I think it's a daily thing. So, like... Every day is different, and I think sometimes we can all, I think everybody has those days where we're all kind of hearing, we're listening to God, and other days we're kind of just allowing life to get busy, and I think it's so easy to get swept up in that busyness, whether it's work, whether it's children, whether it's anything at all. We all have commitments, whether we're single or have no kids, we still have commitments, and I think we can all just get swept up in that. So I think the biggest thing that I have learned over the last while is just this idea It comes back to submitting my desires, but it's also just submitting my day to God, just submitting everything I have to God, because it's like, I can't really do this on my own strength. And I think God gave me this kind of word that I think was kind of cool. So we kind of strive to have quiet times, but I think we can also have noisy times with Christ. And I just think if we actually have that in mind, that we don't necessarily... Sometimes it won't necessarily be possible to have a nice, long, quiet time in Christ, even though he'll give us rest and we will go have those moments. Sometimes it's actually not that easy to have them, but we can still hear from Christ even in the noisiness of our lives. So whether that's at work, I remember recently I was doing night shifts and I just felt God was there with me the whole night and it was just amazing. So I think it's just submitting to God and just being aware of him in our everyday lives, not just in those quiet moments, but also in the real noisy moments as well. That's brilliant. We put our hands together. Caitlin, well done, Caitlin. And I'm going to call up Khan, our next guest. You can give him a round of applause as well. This is Khan O'Callaghan. Oh, Khan, you've got the old jacket on you, boy. Well done, well done. 
This is Con O'Callaghan, and this is Ava. Uh, Con is from uh, Lep, uh, spelt Leap, but Lep is how you pronounce it, in West Cork. And Con also has been sharing with me, and uh, I find Con's life story and faith journey really interesting, because Con, um, we're talking about interruptions today, and how interruptions can actually be a blessing, um, but they can also be, without God, a bit of a curse. So you've always been very transparent and honest and open about your past. Your life was interrupted, if I could put it that way, with an addiction. Can you share something about that to the church here today? Uh, yeah. First of all, hey, church. How's it going? Um, yeah, just two things on that, I suppose. Tom mentioned there, you know, I lived a life of addiction and I'm always open about that's who I am, that's who I was. Uh, it's part of my story. And I think the biggest reason I'm just open about it is, one, it allows people to relate to me. Um, I am who I am. And, and what you see in front of the person is, is, that's me. But the second reason is we're told to it, you know. Um, someone said to me once upon a time, you know, go and share the good news of, of God. Uh, but we are that good news. You know, we are the gospel. Um, I was lost. I was broken. I was everything that goes with that. Uh, but now I'm found and redeemed. And that's the story. And I think just sharing that allows me to be myself, but also allows God to be glorified in what he's done in my life. Um, so I just, if, if God has done anything in your life, share it. Just simple. Um, but give the glory back to God because it's, it's he has done it. And the second part of that question was your, what was the interruption, was it? Well, uh, I suppose, do you want to tell them what the addiction was oh yeah. that you struggled um, with? Yeah, so it was a gambling addiction. Uh, started very, very young. I'm 31 years of age. It started, I suppose it really started at around 11. Um, people wonder, how does a, a fella age 11 get involved with gambling? But uh, yeah, it was just a bowling road. Um, it's a big gambling sport in Ireland. I just got hooked on it very young. Um, and all through secondary school, I was dosing from school, getting bets on bookies. Um, yeah, it just, it just kept growing and growing. Left home at 17. And when I left home, it just was a big downhill journey from there. It led to homelessness, prison, um, marriage breakup, just everything. It just ruined me. Uh, but praise God, like I said, three and a half years, God came into my life with a blessed interruption. Um, and I was actually just so, going to ask you, yeah. that was it three or four years? So three and a half years ago. Last week of August 2018. So Whoa. And you had another interruption. And that interruption was a blessing because you met a friend. Tell us about that. Um, yeah. Well, I suppose I, I'll slightly correct. I probably met a stranger who became a friend. Do you know, um, I didn't know who he was and he didn't know who I was. We just got talking in, in a bus station um, and we became a great friend since. Uh, we just got chatting about sport, and um, I was down and out. I was homeless at the time. Um, I was broken, just financially gone. Didn't have a phone. I'd thrown that into the river. Didn't want to know anyone. Didn't want to be talking to friends, family, anything. Uh, but yeah, we just got chatting at a bus station. I was in there keeping warm, um, chatting for about an hour, and he said, geez, I'm running late. I need to run to church. So I'd, at the time, we had midweek service, and I said, church on a Tuesday. Where's church on a Tuesday? Because uh, I come from just, I suppose, Catholic background and all I would in my head was church on a Sunday morning that's kind of all I ever knew uh, so I came along walked up the stairs and I'll never forget it um, 
yeah, that last Tuesday in August 2018, it was just a blessed, blessed interruption. Uh, I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful to that friend. Um, and my life has transformed since. So, yeah. Wasn't there a song? I know we didn't. Yeah. What was uh, that come song as, again? Come As You Are um, was the name of the song. It's, I think it's a, it's a great song, actually, if you ever want to share it to anyone who's in a bad place, because it's, it's just the lyrics are, are incredible. Um, lay down your burdens, lay down your heart, and come as you are. You know, I think if you have a life where you can come as you are to wherever you're going, life is a lot easier. And I think it's our responsibility as people to accept people and to let them come as they are. Um, because in fairness, when I walked up that stairs, I was broken. I, was, I probably hadn't showered in it in how long. Uh, you know, I was a mess. But now once did someone look at me, I got greeted with love and smiles. Um, and praise God, three and a half years, that's why I'm still here. You know, so. And I'll be here for a long time. I love it. So, uh, yeah. God bless you. You, you actually got baptized that September then about three or four weeks or something like that later, didn't you? So yeah. you knew straight away, this, this is for you, this is um, God is for you. Yeah, something happened that night. Something happened the next morning, I think, more so. I, I, I'd spent, to be fair to yourself, you spent you know, a lot of time with me that night just chatting. Uh, I was in a bad, dark place. But I woke up with a bit of hope that morning. Um, I know now where I came from, but in that moment, I was like, how am I feeling hope when I'm lost? I'm so broken. Where am I getting this? But I just had hope. Some God had put hope in my heart that night. Uh, and I've held on to that hope ever since. Um, yeah, and you mentioned, like, God really timed my, my uh, blessed interruption very well, because we're obviously, I think you were starting an Alpha course two weeks later. There was, so I got right into Christian faith, learning more about it, uh, journeying with God. I'm baptized three weeks later. Um, I probably got baptized that, that next day, if I could, really. It was just, I just knew day, there and then is the way, the truth, and the life, and that was, that was it. So, yeah. And Con is also, uh, he helps lead our young adult ministry, and he's going to be involved with Alpha that we're hoping to start up again soon. Uh, so this guy is giving all around. But one of the ways you're giving as well is you've been involved in smart recovery, um, and yep. maybe a lot of people haven't heard of that, but many people have heard of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, but smart recovery seems to be what a lot of younger people are gravitating towards. Do you want to tell us about that? Um, yeah, just very briefly, I suppose. Again, you know, when I think back, smart recovery actually came to Cork about two or three weeks before I even came into the church at that time. Um, it landed in Cork in July, August 2018, so... When I look back on, on the journey of Smart Recovery in Cork, uh, Smart Recovery has been around for many years, but it's just came to Ireland recently. It's kind of a new technique. It uses a bit of CBT recovery. It uses a couple of other techniques. It, it incorporates um, the 12 steps of VA, GA, NA, um, and it just kind of gives it a simpler version. It's a four-step process. Um, I actually just... There's literally, it's a booklet, the four steps, building and maintaining motivation, coping with urges, managing thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and living a balanced life. Um, and what SMART stands for is self-management and recovery training. But we run meetings for, it's for, it's, one thing I love about SMART is it's for everyone. Whatever your struggle is, it doesn't have to be just addiction. Um, now, probably 80% of participants are people who have come from an addiction background. But we do have another 20% who just have struggles in life of some sort. Because if you look at the four steps, you could probably apply it to any, any area. Um, we all want to live a balanced life. We all want to maintain our thoughts, our feelings, and behaviors. Um, 
but yeah, I just I got involved with that. We run a meeting uh, in Washington Street ourselves um, every Friday night, and I suppose it's blessed me seeing people who are struggling coming in, learning the tools and applying them to their lives and turning their own lives around. Um, but one of the reasons I were um, God has put this on my heart, strength recovery, is I see how wonderful smart recovery is working in people's lives, along with AA and GA and NA and a lot of other recovery programs, how wonderful they're all working. But what bugged me was, for me, for me I suppose, I'm going to play just for my own story, smart recovery worked for me for a little while, um, but it really worked when I involved God in it. And I think all of these recovery programs, they're brilliant. Counselors, brilliant. Whatever it may be. They do wonderful work. But if you could just put a, just God in it, it can work so much more. Um, I, I mentioned already, Jesus' way, truth, life. Not smart recovery, not counselors, not Jesus. Yes, they help. And yes, they're, they're wonderful and they're, they've benefited me. I, I, I still attend them um, and I will continue to do so because I know how wonderful they are and what they do in my own life. But I have to, for me, involve God with it. So that's why I just said, you know what? Why not just start something, a ministry, involving a recovery ministry um, that I can say to people, okay, we're going to apply the tools of this, but we're going to relate it back to the Bible and we're going to just bring God into it a bit more um, because God has blessed me with that and with my own journey. Um, and I would just love to bless others, really. So, yeah. And so, yeah. praise God, this is a new interruption in your life, yeah. but hopefully in the lives of others as well. Yeah. So, if, if people are listening here today, uh, and maybe they've got an addiction, or maybe they don't, maybe it's someone they love, or maybe they're struggling with something, finally, what would you say to them in the, conte in the context of interruptions? Um, I'd probably just say three or four things. One would be, obviously, pray for them. Um, it sounds simple, but you'd be amazed. Sometimes we focus on the problem, but we actually we stay focusing on it. I think Aileen mentioned it beautifully a while ago. Uh, do you know, just bring it to God uh, on their behalf. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you'll have no idea what that person's going through, but just see them as a person. I think people, they put the label of them, of the gambler, the prisoner, the addiction on them. And they can't see past that. And it stops them loving them as they are. As I said, I came as I am to this church because people look past my addiction. People look past who I was in that moment. People just saw me as Con. Welcome, Con. So what I would say to you, see the person as a person. Um, just for example, if, if his name's Tom, just, hi, Tom, how are you? Don't say, Tom, how are you getting on with that gambling early? Do you know? Just say, hi, Tom, how are you? It's, it's, it's so simple, but you'd be amazed because straight away the person isn't thinking about their own problem. They actually go, this person wants to want to talk to me. Talk to me. Um, so just see them as a person. God tells us love everyone. Enemies, friends. So just love them as people. Um, and the other thing I suppose as well I would say to you is keep an eye out on this and maybe mention this to them because for so long... I have seen people struggling with addiction and I have only had the option of mentioning go to Gamblers Anonymous, go to Alcoholics Anonymous, go to Smart Recovery, try and find a counsellor, give suggestions like that. And it really just eat me up inside because I couldn't, I knew how much a ministry involving all of that with God um, could work for that person. So 
keep an eye out on this and, and maybe just once it's up and running, just say to them, do you know what? Why don't you just go along and try that and see what God can do with the person um, and let God do it. Don't try and, and do it yourselves. And one last thing. Um, it was given to me, to my family, a long, long time ago, and it really helped them, and I want to pass it on, because for so many people, we don't understand addiction. And it was given to my mom a very easy explanation, and I thought it was really good, so I'm going to share it. Imagine putting your phone away for 24 hours, and every time you think about it, that's what addiction is. Because... We, we, whether we like it or not, we, we're very glued to our phones. So if you put it away for 24 hours, you're going to be thinking about it. You're going to have it in your mind. It's going to be wrecking your head. It's going to be bugging you. Do I need to ring someone? That's what addiction is. Um, so it might just help you just understand that that person doesn't want to be acting the maggot, doesn't want to be doing the wrong thing, doesn't want to be falling down drunk, doesn't want to be losing all their money, doesn't want to be taking drugs. Um, they're doing it because they're addicted to it. And it's, it's a struggle to them. Um, so just try and understand them, give them the grace, and but see beyond that addiction, see them as a person. Because if you do that, great things will happen. Uh, that person who met me at the bus stop saw me as a person. This church saw me as a person. Um, so see people as people and love them, because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, and again, just go tell your story. So yeah. So Con, I love how you're saying, move beyond the higher power out there and move closer to Jesus, because that's the key. Will we give a big round of applause for Con O'Callaghan? Well done, Con. God bless you. Thank you. So that was Con and Caitlin, and uh, we're going to interview them again at the next service. So just as time is against us, just to come towards a conclusion, for your life and for my life, interruptions are part of life. You and I were never meant to live life without interruptions. And as we can see, with the disciples in the piece we read, they were going to an isolated place to rest. The people followed them there, and that was the interruption. What came out of the interruption? A miracle. Hallelujah. A miracle that was complete. A miracle that was full of the Holy Spirit power. That was the interruption. It was, in fact, a blessed interruption. My faith journey began when I had an interruption. And at the age of 17, my mother, who I loved, some of you have heard me share it before, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I was catapulted out of being an atheist to I started to pray. Even though I was brought up in a Catholic background, I had rejected all of that, and I said there was no God. But when my mother was going into hospital, and we thought she was going to die, suddenly I had to find God. And that interruption, traumatic though it was, started me to pray, to read the Bible, to come to faith in Jesus. And my mother said afterwards, it, she had suffered from ulcers, she said her operation was nothing. She was totally cured. She lived a full life. And she said, I remember her saying it in the hospital, I'd recommend it to anyone. <laughs> so we said, thanks, but no thanks. But the interruption, which looked terrible, turned out to be a blessing in, in, in different ways. So I want you to consider your life, particularly the weeks ahead. If there is an interruption, instead of getting angry or cursing the interruption, can I ask you to have a discernment and a little bit of spirituality going on and say, what is God trying to bring into my life with this interruption? 
Could the band come up? We're going to sing a beautiful song and we're going to sing uh, the words. We're going straight into the words. Age to age he stands, time is in his hands, beginning and the end. When your time and my time are interrupted, God is up to something. Let me conclude with this thought. As I was saying, Jesus rose on Easter and for the next month, constant interruptions. We're going to pray that if you experience an interruption, that you will have the discernment to see that because you love God, he's giving you this interruption as a blessing. You okay with that prayer? And if you've never known God, maybe today is an interruption for you to come to know him. Let's stand and sing the song as our final declaration before we close. And then we're going to pray at the end. So sad. Age, age to age he stands. Age he stands. And time is in his hands. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. The God had three in one. Father, Spirit, and Son. The Lion and the Lamb. The Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great. Spirit to pray. Someone is going through an interruption right now in your life. Can everybody close their eyes on and off stage? If you've got a live interruption and you don't understand it, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in total privacy. Would you lift your hand up? Okay, so I see about eight or nine hands. I'm going to pray into your lives, guys. Could I ask everyone to lift their hands in solidarity? Father, into these eight or nine interruptions, maybe today our, our brothers and sisters' hearts are upset, anxious, confused. We pray into those interruptions, God, that you would turn that interruption into a blessing. Who'll say amen? Amen. And we pray our brothers and sisters would remember this interruption as something wonderful that has happened in their lives. Oh God, bring life out of this interruption and help our brothers and sisters grow to the fullness of who they were called to be in Jesus' name. And we pray now, God, for everyone else here today. We ask you, Lord, that any interruption over the coming weeks in our lives that we would not be distressed, that we would not lose hope, and that we would not even curse the interruption. Help us, O oh God, to see 
that age to age you stand, time is in your hand, and you are the author of every circumstance. We pray, God, that we would see your fingerprints on the interruptions in our lives, whether it's the start of our faith journey, whether it's interrupting an addiction or a depression, whether it's interrupting, oh God, being too busy, whatever it is, let your interruptions be a blessing in our lives. We commit it to you for the foreseeable future and we do it with hearts of faith sincerely and with humility we do it in Jesus name and for one more time the people of God said Amen. hallelujah thank you so much for coming brothers and sisters thank you again to Khan and to Caitlin for sharing let's give them a big round of applause hallelujah we're serving coffee downstairs in the courtyard. Sosha and the band are going to play us out. Thank you for coming. Hope to see you next week.